I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into Brewcast for Amazing Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am Luke Yardy, joined by Anthony Broom here on Monday, Jan- or June 7th, going into Tuesday, June 8th. And uh, we're ready to talk a little football. First time in a, in a while, we're really starting to dive in as we get into the offseason. August is going to be here before we know it. Training camp's going to be here. And uh, I will be honest, this is the first show we were off last Memorial Day. It's our first show without Chris. I, I almost went through the whole thing and introduced him. But, uh, Anthony, what's going on, man? How are we doing? Not much. Yeah, there's a void for a while. Uh, I don't know exactly how we fill that. Um, maybe a song and dance routine. Who's to say? I mean, anything could happen here. Um, yeah, the next couple of weeks uh, – we're here live tonight. This might be our last live show for a couple weeks. I'll be gone next week. We will have a podcast in some capacity, whether it's you know Luke and I speaking, whether it's an interview. We're still kind of working out the logistics of that. But, yeah, we figured we'd come back and chat. I've kind of, I don't know, I've had a couple weekends in a row now where I've been spending time outside and, and having, having a good time. It's starting to get day. nice out, man, you know. Yeah, it probably has finally stopped snowing in the UP for you, so yeah. that's good. Um <laughs> Couple, couple adult beverages here and there, but I'm kind of starting to Jones for football a little bit. Uh, I've, mm-hmm. I've started to pick up my preview magazines. I've started to, you know, do some reading on on some of the other teams across the country, not just the Big Ten. So I'm ready. We're going to bring some of that uh, some of that flavor to the show tonight, I guess. Yeah, it's been uh, an interesting off season, and it's an off season that started, I guess, 
earlier than most years you think about it because Michigan didn't play in their in their last couple of scheduled games of the year and uh if we throw it all the way back to the time where you know there, there was the the Jim Harbaugh extension talk and things like that we went through a few weeks where we didn't really know what was going on whether he was going to be back or not half the fan base was like yeah bring him back extend him half the fan base wanted Matt Campbell it was that was a wild time. Like that doesn't really feel like the off season. Usually we get it, you know, in uh, January and whatnot, but it really started probably what mid November somewhere in there. Yeah. The the Penn state game this year was on Thanksgiving weekend, which is normally where the Ohio state game would be. So yeah, there was, that was it. It was COVID after that. So the last two, well, last was it the last three games of the year that were wiped out. Last two, two or three games, whatever it was. It, it was out. Iowa. It was Iowa and Ohio State for sure. I think there might have been Maryland in there. Did they? I think the Maryland game. Yeah, that I can't yeah. right. It was the last three. It was the last yeah. two regular season, and then the crossover game, and then there was no bowl game. So right. Um, and then it went from there. It went from the COVID craziness to Jim Harbaugh craziness to Jim Harbaugh craziness of the contracts done. We're into assistant coaches, and then assistant coaches come. They're into spring football. Then you lose an assistant coach. You have to replace one in May. So it's it started earlier, and it was it's weird because it was as busy as as it's been in terms of roster attrition, transfers out, not really many uh, transfers in. Some other things that went on that we'll we'll touch on later, but a lot of things happened. Yet there's just not a lot of a buzz or, or maybe hype's not. The, I, I don't know what what the word is for. Yeah. It. Well, and we're going to get into this. We're going to give you some positives and negatives uh, from the offseason so far. Obviously, the offseason is is not over, but uh, we did get through spring football. We're kind of just cruising, I feel like, until we get into training camp. I, I doubt there's going to be too many more big splashes uh, to come, maybe one or two here and there. But like Anthony said, the preview magazine starting to roll out a little bit here, and uh, we're starting to to get ready to roll. So I want to I want to start it on a positive note here, Anthony. What uh, what is a uh, one of the positives that you take away from this offseason for Michigan football? For me, I think given the to- the totality of what the offseason was, and you know Harbaugh's back. Okay, that's that's done. It's issued or it, it's finished. It's in the books. What I like in the post making that decision. Because that's really what it boils down to. I mean, if you come on here and say, you know, well, the negative is that they re-signed Jim Harbaugh. Like, it happened. So, that's we're not going. Mm-hmm. Um, right. The positive to me is that, you know, whether this is a, a lame duck year or we're nearing the end of the Jim Harbaugh era, whatever it is, it wasn't, okay, we need, we're firing Don Brown. We're not just going to go bring in some, you know, Don Brown clone or an older retread type of guy to try and get the defense turned around. They're committing to a, a total uh, schematic overhaul of what they're doing on that side of the ball. And I think that that's long overdue. And to take it a step further, I mean, you you do that with people who are, are young, up and coming in the industry by all accounts or in the coaching profession. And that sort of has stretched over into the recruiting setup too. They've totally revamped the recruiting department. Even on you know the administrative side of things, they're bringing in younger people. I say younger; they're our age. I guess I, are we younger? Or are we older? How does that work? Oh, I think we're getting old, big dog. I'm close. I'm closer to thirty <laughs> than I am eighteen, so that's that's always eye opening now. But uh, yeah, just younger people with fresh new ideas, and, and um, like I said, I, I like that they're not running it back with you know Jim Harbaugh's not going through his rolodex of okay, who did I work with at Stanford in 
2006 or, or, you know, things like that. So right. I'm happy with, with that. That's, I don't know if that's the biggest positive for me so far, but that is, uh, it's one of the bigger ones for me personally. How about you? That's well, I think that I came into the show thinking that is my biggest positive in a, in a sense though, that it's okay. You went out and, uh, like, like if you're going to, if you're going to take it as, uh, individual thing I, I think Mike Hart uh coming in just having like I don't know that Mike Hart's gonna be the best addition as an assistant coach I mean you run through him you bring in Ron Bellamy you breathe in, bring in Steve Klingscale you've got Mike McDonald who worked in the NFL like I understand Mike Hart's a running running back coach but I, I don't know having his presence back on campus just kind of I, th- I think it's big. I think it's injected a little something, and, and you know that he's going to bring the energy. You know he's got passion uh, for Michigan football. But just as a whole, to your point, Anthony, look, Jim Harbaugh could have ran it back at the end of the day, but it wasn't going to work. You know, we have no idea. I understand the criticisms of bringing in Mike McDonald, who hasn't called plays, and like I get that. But at the end of the day, it wasn't working anymore with what they had. It worked for a couple of years with Don Brown, and I respect the heck out of that man and everything that he did while at Michigan. It just ended up being time to move on and move on in a different couple of different areas. You can't, you know, just keep they say the definition of insanity is to to keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So Jim Harbaugh at least recognized that. And he's bringing in these other guys to at least try and switch it up, inject some youth into the program. Obviously, you mentioned it's it's they've taken a completely different approach with recruiting, which which has certainly helped. But do something different because at the end of the day, you need to do anything and everything you possibly can to get over the Ohio State hump and the hump in, in the Big Ten and try to make it to Indianapolis. Like that is the only goal that's going to save Jim Harbaugh's job. The, the man took a fifty percent pay cut, man. Like it's that that was wild when those numbers came out because not a lot of people are willing to do that. And I understand maybe COVID played a little bit of a role in that and whatnot, but his someone lack of stubbornness the only has, as well. <laughs> what's that? I said someone argue that was kind of the only option on the table for him as well. You know? Yeah, ex- exactly. You know, so it's like I, I don't know. I guess the lack of stubbornness, especially when you have to take kind of an ego hit, an ego check on that as well. Like I, I respect it. And I do take that as a positive. I, I understand that it can be used as a negative because of the, the lack of experience in certain aspects, but I, I do look at, at that as a positive, but uh, speaking of negatives, I, there, there's more than a handful that we can get to. I, I don't know what you got. Well, for let's, us let's stay with positives. Cause I mean, oh, I you want to, oh, you, you don't want to alternate. Okay. You want to stay with, no, the let's, let's start with positives. Cause let's not, lose you, you like to finish on the pessimistic if we, if we note. Butter, okay. we butter these okay. people up, butter them All up right. for, you know, okay. whatever, 10, 15 minutes. And then maybe they'll stick around for the, you build them up to tear them down. I see how it works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, 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 there's some, this wasn't an off season that was a death march, uh, regardless yeah. of how people on social media might feel. I mean, I think a lot of, like I said, I think uh, you you don't solve your Ohio State problem by switching flipping a switch. Right now, you can solve your Indiana problem, solve your Penn State problem, solve your Michigan State problem, and and you you chip away at that stuff, and you know you see where you're at after you know you build build to that, I guess. But 
I think the, the, one of the other things that stands out to me as a major positive is that this was the first time that coming out of spring football, they're like, yeah, we have our quarterback. It's Cade McNamara. And, and I think that's extremely beneficial to them in that what I think him being the quarterback signifies, and really even if you know J.J. was able to, to come in and win the job either, is that we are going to be taking a back-to-basics type of approach. We're going to find the things that work for us offensively and get better at that. Whereas I, I really do think, I mean, for as raw, for as talented as Joe Milton was, I think a lot of maybe his struggles towards the latter part of last season, aside from injuries, was that he was kind of drinking out of a fire hose. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't seem like he was processing things as fast as he needed to. So I think the fact that you go into this now, we're like, hey, listen, Cade's our guy. The pressure's off of J.J. McCarthy. He can just focus on getting better. And and Cade might actually be pretty good. I mean, he's, he's probably the most college-ready recruit they brought in at quarterback just in terms of the ability to read a defense make throws doesn't have the arm talent as some of those other guys have had but I do feel like uh him in addition to Mike like Mike Hart I'm glad you brought that up that's a huge one and that was one of the ones I was going to say as well in that we know that a lot of their problems with the run game seems to be lack of rhythm rhythm based Mm -hmm. issues due to, you know, they've been deep at the running back position, but they haven't really found or settled on one to two guys that were going to be, these two guys are going to carry the ball 15 times a game, whatever it is. And I think that given Hart's pedigree at Michigan, even just given his pedigree of what he's done as an assistant coach the last seven or eight years, whatever it's been, um, I just think everything is, is operationally speaking on the offensive side of the ball. I'm hoping it looks this way. I think that it's, it's being streamlined and coming together. And like I said, um, just find what you're good at, find your best five offensive linemen, find, you know, all those types of things and, and build on it and go from there. So, so, you know, Mike Hart probably wants one feature running back. Are you putting more stock in Hassan Askins or Blake Corum here going into 2021? I guess. I yeah. I don't know if it's one featured guy. Cause I don't know if that guy there's a guy on the on this team right now that's ready for that necessarily. I don't think Hassan Haskins is a guy that you say we're giving him the ball 20 to 25 times a game. He's going to run for 140 yards. He's going to be our bell cow. I don't think they have that. I think they can kind of Frankenstein that with mm-hmm. one or two guys. I think that's where Blake Corm and, and Donovan Edwards really, you know, they're the guys that are going to be on the field on third down or catching passes out of the backfield um, and, and those types of things. So, I think it's more going to be maybe 1A, 1B, and then a second guy after that instead of, hey, we have Corum, we have Haskins, we have Charbonnet, we have uh, Ben Mason. We want to make him a running back still. Um, I, I think that it will, again, it's not. And they be- never rolled the hot hand. I, I think that's no. what made people angrier than anything, right? Yeah. Again, it's rhythm. Running, running the football is a rhythm based exercise and when a guy like Haskins rushes you know six times for 40 yards on a drive scores a touchdown and then you don't see him for half a quarter after that that's inexcusable and I'm not operationally speaking I'm not 100% sure who that falls on Um, you know Gaddis is calling the plays but I think the 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 running backs coach is kind of the guy he's working on rotation you know he's pulling by the face mask and throwing him onto the field so I do think having someone in that role that's been there before, and and this is no disrespect to Jay Harbaugh, but um, moving Jay Harbaugh back to tight ends in addition to special teams, and, and let's be honest, I mean, in this offense, 
they haven't really used the tight end a ton since Josh Caddis has been here. So those guys still have to be, you know, do things and be factors on the field. But I, I do think that, again, um, Cade McNamara, Cade McNamara and Mike Hart are probably the two biggest takeaways on offense I've had at the moment in terms of what I think that means for them moving forward. So just a little peek behind the curtain, Anthony and I text about what our topics are going to be on the show. We don't do any other pre-production other than that. So him and I having pretty much the exact same two positive takeaways that either says we are on the same page or there weren't many other takeaways positively <laughs> to have from this Michigan offseason because Cade McNamara was my other one here just in the sense that, look, Cade McNamara showed enough when he took over last season to – feel confident that he can get the job done in the sense that, like you said, I, I think Joe Milton at times was asked to do a little bit too much. Things got a little more simplified for Cade McNamara when he took over. And that's who I feel like, at least from what we saw last year, that's the guy that Cade McNamara is. He, he's not going to go out and take over and win you games himself. You know, that's that's just not that guy. But I think he's going to be able to play well within the offense. I also think just having the guy already, you know who your starting quarterback is through spring camp and going into training camp, I do think that that's a positive. Granted, that guy's willing to work. Obviously, there were rumblings with Shea Patterson's second year that maybe he wasn't really working as hard as he probably should have been knowing that he was given the job. But I don't think that can be the case for Cade McNamara because there really wasn't a guy pushing Shea Patterson You know, at the end of the day. We, we see Joe Milton. We know where McCaffrey's gone, and I think he would have been a good talent, just too many injuries, but no one was really threatening him for that position. J.J. McCarthy is an incredible talent, and if Cade McNamara slips up, he's there waiting, you know? So I think he's going to work hard, but knowing who your leader is really goes a long way in training camp. There's not a divided thing where where maybe last year, I, I didn't personally hear any rumblings, but I, I mean, just from a human nature standpoint, I'm sure there were guys in the Milton camp and I'm sure there were guys in the McCaffrey camp. You know, it is what it is. That's just kind of human nature, especially surrounding a football team. When you have two guys of that caliber that are probably pretty similar in talent. So ha knowing who your leader is and being able to get those reps in with this guy and not really having to wonder who's going to be the guy or splitting reps with the ones and the twos. I think is going to be a big help for for Michigan football to hit the ground running, knowing that they got to play a pretty tough Washington team in week two. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I totally agree. We have a question from GSU John uh, in the Twitch stream. He says, do you think JJ closes the gap mid-year? Um, I guess it kind of depends. I mean, that's kind of a sliding scale based on how it well depends I paid for me 100%, yeah. you know, um, I'll say this by mid year. I mean, JJ got here in January. So if he needs to play, he better be ready to play. If he has to play mid year, uh, that's kind of where, I don't know. And I'll say this too. This is kind of like an ancillary positive. And I know some people will, I'll say it. People who need clicks will, uh, will say that this could happen, that Alan Bowman could come in and could he really come in and be the starting quarterback? Alan Bowman's coming here to be insurance. He's a break in case of emergency quarterback. Um, and most of my reasoning for that, one, I think Kate is is a, a power five caliber starter. I think JJ is going to be good. I think they want him to play if he's ready to play. Um, and But most of the reason I say that, because I, I, I can't... You can, you can say a lot of things about Jim Harbaugh. I don't think it's possible that he would be that stupid to bring in someone that wasn't that great in the Big 12 as a potential, someone who could be competition for, for JJ, for for Cade McNamara. This is more Look, of a Dan Villari thing than it is. I, for I was just going to – like we keep I, – I feel so bad because I bet Dan Villari is a super nice guy, and I don't mean to keep bringing him up on the show when he we might, do this. He might but, play the Taysom Hill role this year. Apparently. You know, yeah, but he was <laughs> like he was set to start. What was it, the Maryland or the Iowa game? Man, he was going to start he one would of have, those games. So the rumor coming out of when the COVID stuff, it, they wanted to play the Ohio State game with like yeah. twenty six guys. Like this is you know uh, seven on seven football championship. They were gonna. They there was talk. They were gonna roll with Dan Villari and like uh, Mike Barrett. Mike Barrett and Hassan Haskins like rotating out of the Wildcat. Like that was gonna be. Oh God, I can't even fat. Look, I'm so glad they didn't play that game. Like that's that's that would have been like that would have been probably worse than what 08 the the year before Tate Forcier got to Michigan. You uh, you watch. It would have been like a 21 three game or something somehow. <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah they, uh, man. they don't need Mike Barrett. They shouldn't need Mike Barrett or his right to, they, they just didn't have enough. They didn't, they, they ultimately don't have a lot of quarterbacks. You lost Joe Milton and Dylan McCaffrey, you know, going yeah. forward. Like you just needed, you need arms, you need arms. You know, we live in the transfer portal age. Uh, and I don't know. That's, that's uh, speaking of one of my negatives here. Uh, I guess that's probably one of the negatives for the offseason here for me, Anthony, is just roster turnover, man. Is you end up losing, you know, some guys. Oh, sorry about that. I don't know if you can hear that. Ended up getting a call and I got uh, my phone hooked up to my laptop. So hopefully it didn't. But uh, <laughs> it didn't. Like, you just nodded yourself. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So, 
I mean, you you lose some pretty good skill guys. You lost Zach Charbonnet. You lost Giles Jackson. You lose, obviously, Joe Milton. Uh, I, I think a big one that you lose, too, is Zach Carpenter. You know, that was kind of a surprise, I think, for a lot of people, including myself, as a guy who, you know, played on the offensive line for you quite a bit this past year. So I, I guess the roster turnover and the amount of roster turnover that Michigan has seen is uh is a bit of a negative for me and it's tough and, and i know a lot of college teams are going through that this is not you know specific to michigan but it is difficult to create that continuity moving forward now you could probably argue that uh, michigan doesn't want much continuity from last year so yeah i mean i'm not gonna sit here and call the guys that left bad eggs or anything but michigan's pretty much in a spot where whoever's going to turn this around, like you got to kind of be all in. So, mm-hmm. and with the way the portal is like, if you, if you feel more comfortable elsewhere, bye, see ya, have fun. Yeah. Um, I think that the negative part of it is you lost some guys who I think can play. Uh, Zach Charbonnet went healthy, can play. Um, Giles Jackson. That's going to be one of the big mysteries play. for me, man. Yeah. What happened to Zach Charbonnet? We'll see. I mean, he's either going to, f- going to flame out, at uh, UCLA or he'll, I don't know. It just, we'll see. I, I hope, I hope good things happen for him because he's mm. massively, massively talented. Um, but yeah, you lost some guys that could play and probably the biggest, um, if you want to call it roster attrition, he never was technically on campus, but the, the Xavier worthy stuff is just, it, it rubs me raw to this day. And I'm not, I don't know who to blame for that. I know a lot of people threw admissions under the bus, but there's there's probably a middle ground on that. I don't think it's a coincidence that a lot of clerical stuff changed behind the scenes after that stuff, that saga was over and um, you know, his decision to, to pull out of Michigan became public. I think there, I, I think there was some botching of that situation behind the scenes that didn't have to do with admissions and likely as well. Probably some uh, some tampering from Steve Sarkeesian, but it is what it is. He's not here. That that's a bummer though, because you lose that guy and you lose Giles Jackson out of again a wide receiver room that doesn't have playmakers right or doesn't have bona fide. You have Ronnie Bell. He's reliable. You know what you're going to get out of him. But right. Outside of that, I mean Cornelius Johnson could. It, it's all a bunch of coulds. I, I I don't know. I don't know. No one can sit here and confidently say this guy is going to be a dude this year. This guy. He's your slot receiver. This guy, he's your deep threat. Like I, I, there's that guy's not on this roster right now, which shouldn't surprise me. I mean, Michigan hasn't put a, you know, a, a skill player ahead of the second round since like 2005. So uh, it's it's crazy. I, I and you know that they have talent. You know, obviously. Um, one thing I, I will say is who I would expect to have a much bigger year. Though the way everyone. Said, you know, talks about him. I, I know a lot of people um, are, are talking about the receiving class and whatnot, but I think, you know, you, you take a look at a guy like Eric all and his ability to get open, man, if he could have just caught a couple of those passes last year, his, his numbers would have been huge. Yeah. I mean, he's got those like cast iron, like campfire skillets for hands, you know, that you need, you need someone a little bit better than that. Cause the dude, he can run like a wide receiver. And, yeah. and conversely, I mean, I think a guy they like, in that same mold is Matthew Hibner didn't play last year, but kind of that jumbo ride receiver type of guy. Um, mm. But yeah, someone, someone needs to, and that's since we're camping out in the negatives land, I mean, I think that is what it is. I mean, they, they don't have, 
I don't know if they have a star at quarterback currently. I don't know if they have a star um, skill player. I know that mm-hmm. the running backs can be good. I know that Donovan Edwards has the potential to be Donovan Edwards and Blake Corm. Because honestly, uh, I think it was Steven that said this, uh, Steven Ostentowski, maybe last year, that if Blake Corm was like an inch or two taller, he would have been a five-star recruit. And you see that on his tape. But right again, it's it's all ifs with them on the offensive side of the ball. It's ifs, and then on the defensive side of the ball, it's ifs and fingers crossed that they could just be, you know, they won't be worse than last season on defense. That's not possible. I think they have talented guys there still, but yeah, it's there's many. I mean, the scheme's going to be interesting too. You know, we heard out of the the spring game that. You see guys like Aiden Hutchinson and whatnot standing up. He talked about it, you know, just that it's going to be different. And we have no real way to to project it without having seen it, you know? Yeah, that's difficult. And I don't know, I'm trying to, I mean, we know that Daxton Hill's a guy. We know that Aiden Hutchinson right. are guys. Who else? And it's namely that that linebacker situation is, is not great right now. Uh, mm-hmm. It's good. It was good for them to get Josh Ross back. I, I think as a he's a fifth year or a six year guy, whatever it is at this point. But um, good for him to get. Good for them to get him back as a veteran presence because outside of him, uh, you know, Mike Barrett played Viper last year. Viper's not in this defense anymore. You're probably looking at him getting kicked to the inside. Uh, who are going to be your guys on the outside? I, I do think that. Um, I know we're in negatives, but a positive of what this defense is going to be is I think you have guys in place that are a little more um, open to the idea of being multiple in, in their looks and, and building their scheme around what their guys do pretty well. And, and to be fair, Tom uh, Brown did that too. I mean, Josh Uche wasn't what Jabril Peppers was, or, or there are guys, there are right. guys that he had different roles for based on what they could do well, but. You know, at the end of the day, it came down to when you do it, you need when you need to adjust and play zone. People don't realize this, and I talked to talked about this on a stream earlier. Like the the take was, oh, Don Brown needs to play more zone. Well, you don't just it's not man. You just you don't just flip to zone. You have to rep zone. You have to practice zone, and that's not you know that's not something they did, and that's not some like again when the best offenses that they played. Michigan couldn't counterpunch because everyone had them figured out. They were a one trick pony kind of in what they wanted to do. So um, yeah, I'm just, I'm hoping for better discipline, uh, especially on the back end of the defense as well. Defensive backs under Don Brown were super grabby. And when you're Jordan, or you're Jordan Lewis, when you're David Long, when you're Lavert Hill, you're Ambry Thomas, you can get away with that because you're talented. But when you're Vincent Gray and and Jamon Green and, and some of those other guys, that it's not good enough. So we'll see. I, I don't know. I mean, we could probably do a whole show on, on what the, what the negatives are of, of, I don't, I think maybe the biggest negative of the off season is just, there is no buzz. It, it feels, it's not a death March, but it's, there's no, Man, there's, there's no excitement. There, there's nothing. And they have no one but themselves to blame for that. But it's exactly that's exactly where my next negative was going. This is a this has been an offseason that creates apathy. That's yeah. been my biggest my biggest negative is that we got nothing from the spring game. They they didn't televise it. It was limited the the media that could be there. We we just we had to to go pretty much on Twitter and some people who were there just kind of take their words for it and I it's like you said there's no buzz, man. It's uh, there's just a 
an apathetic feeling. I mean, the biggest thing we got was your stream on college football revamped from earlier, you know, like that was the closest thing we got to a spring game, you know, and trying to get some offseason buzz going here. I, I, I don't understand it. Like you said, they've got no one to blame but themselves. Yeah. On the flip side, though, if there's ever been an offseason where being quiet is probably beneficial for all parties involved, it's probably where Michigan currently is right now. Um, like I said, but, but the, the, the lack of anything coming out, the lack, I mean, I I know that like there's, there's a pan, there's the pandemic is still going on. I get that. So you couldn't bring 20, 30,000 people into the big house under whatever the law was. Um, I think I may have said this on here before, like Michigan found a way to Facebook live, like the basketball team on senior night and celebrating a big 10 title. You don't mean to tell me they couldn't have hooked up a couple of a couple of cameras and just stream the spring game. I know there's um, there's televisions like you have to let Big Ten Network know ahead of time what your schedule is. And, mm-hmm. um, and some people some have said that the reason Michigan didn't have theirs televised is because they couldn't they wanted to stay flexible with their schedule. So they didn't send in a day. I don't know. Um, but I, wh- why can pretty much every other school figure it out, though, you know? Like, that's not really an excuse. No, it's, um, can I just be honest? It's, it's chicken shit is what it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's a scared, there's a lot of scared guard. There's, there's optimism coming out of Ann Arbor, but it's guarded optimism. Um, man, and and the far cry is, and I think we've talked about it, man, the, the transparency that Harbaugh operated with when he got to Michigan in 2015, I mean, it's it's like night and day, you know, he's he's gone from pretty much an open door to, you know, the reports well, of Brian Kelly that you need an appointment to go to his office. Yeah, right. It's uh, well, it's actually kind of it's sort of been the flip of that in that it seems like it's a little less authoritarian than it was before, at least from a player's yeah. perspective. But, uh, you know, the the Carnival Barker Harbaugh is a thing of the past The the. And they're doing satellite camps again, and that's that's cool. I'm sure that's beneficial for them. But I think at the end of the day, like you come out of this offseason, like what do you come out of, out of this offseason thinking and saying about Jim Harbaugh? Well, the biggest narrative, the elephant in the room, is that he's making half of what he made last year. He really wasn't able to even get a nibble from the NFL and improve his bargaining position there. Mm-hmm. Um, NFL draft weekend, like I talked about before, the the one of the biggest Michigan narratives was that, um, you know, those guys that he like like your James Hudson. Oh, James Hudson, he beefed with Jim Harbaugh when he left Michigan, or you know Rashad Weaver, he pulled his scholarship, you know, late in the process, wanted him to gray shirt, um, and then like everything we've heard about Jim Harbaugh this off season, it, and then you know there's. We won't do the topic on this, but the bow stuff from last, the the bow comment from last week. It, mm-hmm. It's it's like we want to hear more from Jim Harbaugh, and then you hear more from Jim Harbaugh, and you're like, okay, yeah, that's right, I forgot about that. Right. So, I don't know. I don't want to end on a negative note, but and that's the other thing too. Um, I, I saw ticket prices come out today, and I think for the Washington game and the Ohio State game, just to get in the door is like $145. Now you tell me this, Luke, you have a chance to come down from the UP for a football weekend. And 
it's going to cost you $145. Is there any game, given what we know about this team coming off of last season, where you're like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. No questions asked. For for 140, uh, I would just for just because of the pageantry, uh, the Ohio State game, just because I know it's a tough ticket to get, be the only one that I'd I'd really want to pay that for. And I and I know going in that I, you know, what to expect, but it's just it's more for the weekend. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Rather than rather than just the game itself, you know, I get it. Uh, It's a tough ticket to get, but it just feels like coming off of last season and coming off of a pandemic. um, I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that gets people to spend more money because they're like, I just spent the last year cooped up in the house. Yeah, I'll go. I'm going to go pay $80 to watch them destroy Western Michigan. Well, you know what sucks, man, is the pre, you know, Dave Brandon era was. The, the tickets were, you know, like 75 bucks face value. But then he did that like dynamic pricing thing. If you remember that, like he, he tried to even up what the tickets would be on the secondary market. So face value was like 260 bucks and stuff like that. And I feel like that just set the bar. I know it's come down since then, but, you know, like I don't think it's ever going to go back to what it was. Yeah. Well, though, I mean, I listen I'm on the record saying I don't think this season is going to be a disaster. I think it will probably it will most likely be what most of these seasons have been, eight and four, nine and three, uh, outside shot at ten and two. But you know, walking out of it with what 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 the what the product has been. Um, it's all going to kind of depend what those losses look like. If those losses take yeah. place, um, are you getting shelled against the best teams on your schedule? That's kind of what will determine your season or not. And I guess even the close, if they go eight and four, nine and three, people will, will be mad regardless and won't be super thrilled with that given what the expectations and the resources have been. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess as we kind of close out of this thing here, I lost the words for it because now I'm bogged down, up. bound down. Bogged down by the negativity of the last 20 minutes or so. That's why I wanted to go positive, negative, negative, positive. (laughs) Um, What, what's your one, your one, your biggest takeaway, positive or negative, uh, or to sum up how you feel about this team going into the summer? Because now it's, it's the staff's out recruiting. And then, yeah, you know, before too long, it's gonna be fall camp. Uh, I think with the changes that were made on the staff, knowing the class that is going to be upperclassmen right now, I honestly, I am on record of being far more optimistic about this team than I've seen pretty much anyone else being because I know the junior class and they've obviously lost a little bit from it, but it was the top recruiting class in the Big Ten, you know, when they came in. So I'm I'm much more optimistic on that. I think they're going to get a lot more use out of you know guys like Chris Hinton and Mozzie Smith and those guys uh, amongst the front seven, and I think that's going to be a, a key factor moving forward. Not like Anthony points out, kind of using linebackers as D tackles as Don Brown <laughs> would do every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. So I, I I really am a little bit more optimistic. Obviously, they've got some terrifying holes to fill, but. I think this is going to be a young, energetic staff that are, is going to be excited to work and improve themselves. And I'm I'm a little bit optimistic with the staff changes and what they have coming in uh, to replace some of the guys they lost. Uh, that is my biggest takeaway on the positive side and on the negative side. Again, it's the it's the apathy, man. It's still like it's June seventh, and 
like I was excited to talk about football, but I wasn't like I usually am in June. You know what I'm saying? Like we're just a couple of months away from the season. Like I'm usually so juiced by now, like it can't get here soon enough. And I'm just like, I don't know. I just haven't really heard anything about it. You know, I'm still like, I'm, I'm here and I'm more intrigued by what's going on with the basketball team, you know, with like what, what Hunter Dickinson is doing and stuff like that than I am about football, which is, it's not a good spot to be if you're the football program. No, it could be a good spot to be in too. Cause they're not getting hyped up. Um, again, I said that earlier, but uh, yeah, it's, I, I want, I'm ready to talk football. I'm always ready to talk football. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm here. I'm here once a week, willingly. But are you like, are you like chomping at the bit, like you're a chain dog trying to get off the leash, man? Because that's how I usually am right now, and I'm just not. Maybe it's just we we talked about this too. Maybe I'm just getting older. I don't know. No, I think I'm just ready to see it. Yeah, it, it's less about you're ready to be proved. Hey, yeah, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk all off season about what this could be or or who's yeah um, the staff the the assistant coaching. Uh, you know, the, the paywalled thing about the assistant coach that has made the biggest impact in, in practices. Like, I just want to see it. Um, I can't wait for offseason chatter. Oh, this guy, what he's doing in camp. Look out for this guy. Goes out yeah. there and he's just oh, mediocre yeah. as hell. Like the camp superstars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, th- this is a good team. with This This can be a good team with good players on it. It's all, I think a lot of their problems are, are self-inflicted. They're upstairs. They're between the ears. They're. You know, the Monday, uh, really the Monday through it's more of a Monday through Friday problem as opposed. Oh, to yeah. One hundred percent. It's so. not really a talent problem until you get. I think the reason we call it a talent problem against Ohio State is because of that. Exactly right. There is because, yeah, it's a it's a Monday through Friday problem, too. And if you have the lesser talent, you can't have Monday through Friday problems. You can have Monday through Friday problems against teams with far inferior talent and be OK. But yeah. with teams with superior talent, you can't get away with that. Yeah, you can you can have a you you can have a bad week of practice and beat you know Rutgers or Maryland or, or whatever. Right. That happens every once in a while. Um but yeah, it's it everything has to be just everything has to be better. Um and I think the way that I'll kind of close out what might maybe my biggest concern is or the biggest takeaway from all of it is that I think that Michigan changed offenses. A couple of years ago, a year too late. Uh, I think they should have changed that, installed that while Shea, like while Shea Patterson was just coming in. So that mm-hmm. maybe maybe everything pops that second year, um, sort of like it did for LSU. And I think he, I, I really do. I truly believe you've changed defenses a year too late because now you don't know what you have. Um, last yeah. year, if even if they were still terrible last year, uh, which we could have chalked it up to COVID year, learning year all of those types of things. Like they, they let things fester and it cratered last year. That's what it, last year was a culmination of these little paper cuts that had happened leading up to it. So yeah, my, my biggest fear is that the changes have come a year too late. And at this point, you, you know, I was on the record. I thought that, I thought that the Harbaugh stuff, the, the, that little experiment probably could have ended after this past season, just because COVID year or not, it was that, it was that bad and it regressed to that level. Um, my fear is that that change will have been made a year too late too, if that does take place. But given the lee- given the runway he's been made to totally revamp operations organizationally on the coaching staff, uh, I, th- I really do think that they're going to give this a two-year try and see what happens after next year. So 
that's where I'm at right now. We'll see how it all goes, man. But hey, it's only a few months away and we get to see. But uh, that's so far our positives and negatives here today. Anthony, where can we find you on social media? Now that now that you're part of the blue checkmark brigade. <laughs> yeah, my self-worth is totally validated now. <laughs> I finally, f- what a day. No, I, I'm big deal. Uh, now all of my bad takes come with Twitter's uh, okay, which is yeah. <laughs> not, not the best place to be in for me personally. But no, you can find me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Uh, follow the website at Maze and Brew. Uh, join our Discord channel. I believe that the link to that is in our Twitter bio. See, it's all it's all interconnected. You just need to follow us everywhere. So, we're wherever you get your your social media, our podcasts are wherever you get your shows: Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, whole nine yards. So, um, yeah, thanks for thanks for sticking with us. Uh, yeah, we like the football talk in June. I'd love to love to have more to talk about. But this year, the 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 fruit tree of Michigan. Off-season takes it has not has not bared much bared much fruit this year. So yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Luke Yardy, L U K E G H I A R D I. Make sure to follow Anthony I and Mesa Brew and the Brewcast uh, Twitter page for our schedules as it comes to these live streams. Did it tonight uh, live on YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch. Uh, follow those channels as well. Definitely Twitch too because. Uh, I've uh, been doing some, Anthony's been doing some cool stuff with like college football revamp, maybe doing a season stream. Who knows? I don't know exactly what you got planned, but just in case, I don't definitely want to follow the yet. Twitch page, you know, uh, get, get your fix in for the summer there. And uh, as Anthony said, subscribe, rate, leave a review uh, wherever yeah, you get your we're podcast. We're almost at 4,000 well. on YouTube. So yeah, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Join it. Awesome Steven Ossentoski does some great stuff on YouTube, man. It's a, it's a great channel to follow. It really is always pushing out some good content. So appreciate everyone who was in the, uh, in the chat here tonight. I understand it's summer. It's a little slow. Everyone's out doing some fun, but uh, hopefully you'll, you'll be with us throughout the summer and definitely uh, when football kicks up here. So for my partner, Anthony Broom, I'm Luke Yardy. We'll see you next week on Brewcast.